It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. Tony, I took a couple of days off last week. Did you miss me? I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm sorry I didn't catch your name. Who are oh, you again? Oh, Pablo. Pablo. Oh, you're Pablo. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I figured you, you could identify with Pablo. That. Pablo's like my grandson. Yeah. <laughs> you would not be my grandson. No, no. No, no I would not. No, I should have. I would but not. I did tell everybody that we played golf together last yeah. week, and it was a joyful experience for me and you and Neville. Absolutely joyful. Happy to have fun. done it. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, Greg Norman gets the cold shoulder. The starting pitcher is going extinct, and Kyrie Irving is missing from the Nets' season ticket pitch. But we begin today with Novak Djokovic, as expected, beating Nick Kyrgios in the Wimbledon final in four sets. This is Djokovic's seventh Wimbledon title. Only Roger Federer has more. This is Djokovic's 21st major. Only Rafael Nadal has more. Wilbon, where does this place Djokovic in the present history and the future history of tennis? Well, Tom, presently is all I, I care to look at right now. Places him with those other guys you mentioned, largely. I mean, you and I are old enough to go back and we can say, well, wait a minute, let's talk about Laver. And even more yeah. recently, though it's been 40 years, let's talk about McEnroe. Let's talk about Borg. Let's talk about Connors. We can do all of that. But to be real about it, since it's all become accounting in every sport nowadays, you look at the number of slams won, and he's won behind Nadal, and he's won ahead of Federer, but we don't know what his future holds, Tony, because he won't be able to apparently play in the Australian Open. He's not going to be able to play in the next U.S. Open, and we don't know going forward. So it's hard That's to right. pin down the future. But, right. I Tony, I think if we look at the, re- the, 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 the near future, the next five to eight years as new players come in and find greatness, I still think those three guys, that triumvirate, that's what we're going to be talking about for a while. Yeah, I'm reluctant right now to say that he's the greatest player in the world because I just saw Nadal beat him on clay in the French Open. But I, I accept that he's probably the greatest player on hard court, probably the greatest player on grass in the world. To get to your point, the next, it's, this is, he can't catch Nadal this year if he doesn't play in the U.S. Open. And it appears he's not going to play in the U.S. Open because much. he is steadfastly unvaccinated and he's not going to get vaccinated. The next one after that is the Australian Open. I didn't realize this until today. He's barred from entering Australia for the next three years yeah. because of what happened when they deported him. So that's out for probably forever in terms of his career. That means the next one he can win to tie Nadal is the French Open, where Nadal just beat him. And that gets us to Wimbledon, where nobody beats him. But he'll be 36, Mike. And by then, it's probably 50-50 that the Russian players come back. So I don't, you know, I'm not one of those people who is strictly a numbers guy. If you tell me he's got the most, that doesn't mean to me he's the best ever. For me, he'll never be Rod Laver. Nobody will be Rod Laver. But that's for me because I'm really old. But I prefer Federer's game, even if Federer loses to him head-to-head in recent years. You know, so I'm, I'm sort of with you. The three of them are in the mix. But I'm not going to say he's the best. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, you can make your case 
for whomever. Like right now, you can make your case for Serena. You can make your case for Steffi Graf. You and sometimes, depending on what day it is for me, I might make a case for Martina Navratilova. I mean, you're talking about like all-time greats in a couple of groups yeah. there, Tone. And I, 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 I think that's fair. I do. I mean, I, I know people will go crazy with lists. Knock yourselves out. Let's move to golf, where the British Open tees off Thursday at St. Andrews. Saudi Tour CEO Greg Norman won the tournament twice as a player, but he was not granted special dispensation to play in this year's event, nor was he even invited to the traditional dinner of past champions. Qualifying Saudi Tour players will play at this Open. Tone, what do you make of its total slapdown rejection of Greg Norman? Yeah, I make of it that it is absolutely personal that Greg Norman has been trying to destabilize the golf tours for a lot of years now, and this is absolutely personal. I understand that the genesis of it is the Saudi tour right now, but I also understand that Greg Norman has been very, very mouthy in talking about the inequities of the tours. He was very angry when they tried to keep the Saudi tour players from the Scottish Open. So I think the RNA dislikes him personally. I just want to consult my notes because I really do think that this is a big deal. And that's because he's a past champion two times. And the British Open, like the Masters, really cares about its own history. They invite these guys to play, as you say. They invite them to the dinners. It's the birthplace of, of the game, St. Andrews. And they said no. Get out. They repudiated Norman individually. Get out. So to me, this is a real big deal. I think, Mike, I think that, that there's like two wild cards here that are in play. If a Saudi Tour player wins the British Open, I think you're going to start a process of reconciliation. But if he doesn't win the British Open, I think it's possible that the British Open, the Masters, and the U.S. Open can say, we, we hate these guys. We hate them, and we're going to write new rules, and we're going to keep them out or try to keep well, them out. Well, Tom, those rules will last as long as it takes to get a bunch of players to move from the PGA Tour and the DP to the Saudi Tour. And then they're going to have to go back on those rules. So, when you, you know, predicting the future of that, good luck with the crystal ball for anybody. Because then if you don't have the best players at the major championships, then the major champions are going to have to backslide and walk that one back. So I, I'm, I'm not looking at that tone. But the Greg Norman issue is a wow to me. I mean, listen, yeah. they blame him specifically. They are saying, Greg yes. Norman, you blew this up. You put us in this circumstance, and we don't want you. And that's, you know, look, Tom, we're at, a, we're at a stage now where it's all pettiness. It just is. And I'm not saying I wouldn't be petty if I was lined up on one side or the other. I'm just saying they are petty now. They are angry. They're going to be angrier with each other, like you said, depending on who wins and how. Yeah. And this thing is just entering, Tom, the fisticuff slap hands stage. I just don't think it's possible to look at this without seeing that the RNA hates Greg Norman. Yes. It's personal. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's, there's no question this is personal at this point. We move now to baseball, particularly the vanishing workhorse starting pitcher as written about by Jeff Passan of ESPN. Passan points out that baseball has turned against pitchers going deep into games because analytics show that the third time around the batting order is the dangerous time. So starters come out, and a whole brace of relievers who throw 100 miles an hour, they come in. Theo Epstein, your boy, who 
who now works for baseball, wants to cap the number of pitchers on a roster at 11. Wilbon, should baseball take that action to save the starting pitcher? You know, Tony, I don't know if baseball should take that action, but I like that action. It's put out there that's suggested by Theo. Because it's clean and simple. It's not convoluted, right? If you cap this at 11, somebody's going to have to pitch some more innings, all right? And the guys best equipped for that are the starters. Look, I resent baseball just sort of diminishing the starting pitcher. I grew up a starting pitcher. You know, high school, you know, summer league, from Little League to, 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 to Pony League, we called it, to Connie Mack. That's what, that's what it was in Chicago where I grew up. I was a starting pitcher. I idolized, as much as I idolized Ernie Banks and Gail Sayers and then later Walter Payton, I idolized Ferguson Arthur Jenkins. Starting pitcher, extraordinaire, won 20 games six straight times. He would have 35 complete games in a year, more than 30 anyway. And it was he and Bob Gibson. Those guys went against each other. And I went and settled into my seat in Wrigley Field. And I knew I was going to see those two guys go a minimum of 16 innings against each other. And I don't like what baseball has become. It's just pure personal preference for me. What about you? Well, we're going to sound, because I'm going to join you, we're going to sound so old that we are antediluvian. I grew up in my youth, I watched Jim Palmer and I watched Tom Seaver and I watched Bob Gibson. And when you handed them the ball, they didn't hand the ball back to you till nine innings right. were done. That's they right. routinely threw 20 to 25 complete games a year. And, and, you know, that's the way it was. They were leading men. They were people that you made appointments, as you're suggesting, to go watch pitch. One of the points Passon makes in the story is baseball is getting hurt by this because an entire class of movie stars is being taken off the field by the sixth inning. And I completely sympathize with Passon's point of view. Great piece. Now this is impossible to have because managers and general managers and owners won't let you do it. It's unthinkable. So that they start bringing in the relievers in the sixth inning. So if you are a great pitcher, a Hall of Fame pitcher like Kershaw or Scherzer or Verlander, and you want to go nine, they don't let you go nine. They don't want you to. Like those days, they'll try to stop no, you. No, they don't. They don't want you to go nine. They take the ball out of your hands. There's only one guy now, and I thought about this a long time. There's only one guy now who is the, of that star quality where you say, "I want to see him pitch," and that is Shohei Otani. And that's because he hits as well as he pitches. And and my things happen. Things happen in sports that we're unaware of. There are unintended consequences. When you bring in a bunch of people who throw 100 miles an hour and you eliminate the starter, you hurt baseball fans. This is a topic for another day. But no sport has been changed as much as basketball by the three-point shot. And I am willing to entertain going back to all two now because I don't think the change is good. And yeah. I don't think this change yeah. in baseball Well, Tony, as baseball continues to look for ways to keep people interested and another, a new generation oh, I agree with interested... I mean, it's a fascinating piece. I, I, I you know, yes. I found it compelling, the, the piece Passing has, and I recommend I had him on the podcast today. Anybody. Good. Yeah. Good. But you know what? Yeah. I don't want to see relievers start being brought into the game in the fifth inning. Maybe these two new generations of fans, maybe they'll get used to it and they'll be fine with it, but it's two old dudes talking about it right now, that's, and we that's ain't with exactly it. exactly right. That's right. Let's take a break. Coming up, how significant is it that the Red Sox split their series with the Yankees? And what does it mean that the Nets left Kyrie off a season tickets promotion? Suppose somebody went out to get the ball from Bob Gibson and he had given up no hits in seven innings. 
No, you don't do it. He punched the, the manager told in the manager head. Two years ago. No, get out of here. Yeah, get it. Get out. Get off my mound. Get out of here. But it. Pardon the interruption. Is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. Part of happy hour, and in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Welcome back to Pardon the Interruption, presented by Corona Extra, part of Happy Hour. It's mail time. You have issues, don't we all? Let me see what's first here. Mail time! Some fewer than others. The Red Sox splitting four with the Yankees. Big deal, little deal, no deal. Tony, it's a okay size deal. All right, because of the wild card chase, they're not going to come back. I, look, look, I know that those two teams have had a 14-game swing much later in the summer than this famously was in 1978. Right. I, I get it. I, right. I know the history of that. Fine. That's not going to happen this time. The, the, the Yankees are too good. But the Red Sox are going after a wild card spot. So this is a deal. By the way, Tone, there's a bigger deal in baseball tonight, and you know about it because it's in your division. Atlanta, a game and a half, trailing uh, the Mets. And I, I've been rooting Mets. for Atlanta to catch the Mets because I hate the Mets. It's a big deal series that starts tonight in the Maxis. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, let me get back to this thing. It's a little deal. It's not a big deal yet. It could be a big deal come playoff time. You know, we, what we, we watched a couple of weeks ago when the Astros split in Yankee Stadium. Yeah with the Yankees, and we conceded that this showed us that they're not afraid of the Yankees and they're a good team and it could be meaningful down the road. The Red Sox have done the same. They, they won the last two games. They came from behind in both games. They won last night, I think, by five runs. They showed you they were a good team. They were a bad team almost till the end of May. They had lost eight straight division series. So to me, it's important to the Red Sox that they do this and establish that they are a good team, not so much for now, but maybe down the road. Because there's still 14 games out, and I understand yeah. that. But they get, they get Chris Sale back. I'm glad you, you didn't say no deal, because it's not no, no deal. No, it's not no it's deal. Not no deal. By the way, the Red Sox no. lost two out of three to the Cubs. And the Cubs stink. So, I, you know, makes me wonder. Just that saying. happens. Yeah, but you, you yeah. know what? 
The Red Sox-Yankees is important every time it's played. It's like Duke Carolina. It's a big deal. The Nets left Kyrie off their latest season ticket promotion, but kept Kevin Durant on it. What do you read into that? It's not read in. It's what they mean by it. If they are stuck with Kevin Durant, they can be stuck with Kevin Durant. And that's fine. There's no dishonor there. And there's no, there's drama because we're all talking about it. There's no drama in terms of Kevin Durant in a locker room and Kevin Durant giving you the best that he's got every single night if he's healthy to but do he's so for trade. forever and ever and ever. doesn't matter. He's, you he's can have him. You can keep proudly Kevin no. Durant. You cannot Unless do that with Kyrie Irving. That. They're saying we're sick of you. This guy may have asked for a trade, but we want you, Kyrie Irving, out. That's what they're saying. So I'm going to be pretty short on this because uh, I'm going to get to the part where I don't care about it. But I'll just start by saying what I read into this is that this is what they want. They want Kyrie Irving to go away, as you said, and they want to keep Kevin Durant, though he has indeed asked for a trade at this point. I don't think they're going to play together. I don't think it's going to work out that way at all. And I'll tell you that in July, I'm losing steam for Kyrie and Kevin Durant. You just Durant. said you were going to love this all summer I know, about a week but I'm, ago. I'm losing steam for it. I wish Kyrie would just go away. And, and I've reached the point where I'm tired of the drama with Kevin Durant, and I sort of wish he would go away. Now, you know him. I don't know him. But he seems, he seems to never find a place where he's happy. He seems chronically unhappy. You know, if he sets up teams, he wins, he leaves. He sets up another team, he leaves. Yeah. What's the deal with him? Just, Let me know when this is settled. He's sort of like you. He likes to complain about stuff. Enough email. He's a kindred spirits. Yeah, but I do it, I do it to make money. He plays <laughs> so basketball to make money. Let's take one last break. Still to come, Elena Rabikina wins Wimbledon. Yeah, some irony there. And a couple of maxes, as I said earlier, take them out in a big series. It's big. Between the Mets, boo, and the break. I assume Max Scherzer, the warrior god, and Max Fried. I assume that's, that's right. the, the matchup, Maxes. right? The Max is baby. Okay. Good matchup to know. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Pardon the interruption is presented by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live La Vida Masfina. Part of Happy Hour. Happy time, people. Happy 27th birthday, Joey Bosa. 
The Chargers' four-time Pro Bowl defensive end had 51 tackles, seven forced fumbles, 10 and a half sacks last season, the fourth time Bosa registered double-digit sacks. Bosa was the third overall pick in 2016 out of Ohio State. He was Rookie of the Year. His younger brother, Nick, also drafted out of Ohio State. And last season on the 49ers, Nick Bosa outdid Joey by getting 15 and a half sacks. This feels like a J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt situation. Two brothers becoming dominant defensive players. They're the anti-Mannings. If you ask me which Bosa I would draft first right now, I'm taking Nick. Not only that, not just Bosa's. I might take Nick in the top five, Tony. A non-quarterbacks, I might take him one of non-quarterbacks because he wrecks a game, and he wrecks quarterbacks too. Happy anniversary, Josh Norman, your boy, Wilbon. On this day three years ago, the former first-team All-Pro cornerback in Carolina, who at this time was on a $75 million contract with the Washington football team, was shown in Pamplona, Spain, jumping over a bull not once but twice. Norman felt he was a tremendous star. He had aspirations of becoming a television star while he was still playing football. But by the end of that season, Norman had registered one more jump over a bull than he had interceptions won. He was benched by interim coach Bill Callahan after Jay Gruden was fired. He was waived after the season. Now after a season in Buffalo and another in San Francisco, Norman is a free agent. The only football player talked about more unnecessarily than Josh Norman in the last 20 years is Baker Mayfield. Because <laughs> if you stack up value versus words wasted by people in our industry, I'll take the two of them. They would be my draft picks, all right? Because neither one of them has done much of Jack. Happy trails to Robbie Grossman's errorless streak. The Tigers outfielder was given an error on a ball he lost in the sun in Chicago yesterday afternoon. That was Grossman's first error since June 13, 2018, when Grossman was on the Twins. It was an errorless streak that spanned three teams and 440 games. And it is the longest such errorless streak by a position player in baseball history. Grossman's 440 games, much longer than Nick Markakis's second place streak of 398 games. And afterwards, Grossman said, quote, just a pop up and I missed it. A terrible play on my part. It's a significant situation, Tom, because it's not one of those made up stupid things now that they do all over all the sports networks where they say he's the only guy to do this under 26 in the first three days of a week on the road in a, the third uniform. And they come with all these stupid, right. it's 140 years of Major League Baseball, and this is a simple, clean category. Kudos. I agree with you. I never would have been close to guessing no. who would have no won this for that long a period of time or how many games. Never. I never would have been close. Let's go to the big finish. Let's do it. WNBA All-Star game, Team Wilson defeated Team Stewart. Your thoughts? Sylvia Foles, who dunks in the game, why is she retiring? She's too good. Somebody got to convince her to keep playing. Elena Rybakina. No, Ryb. Is it? That's, it's... Rebecca, finally got it, Tone, won the Wimbledon <laughs> women's single. Easy for me to say. Big deal? I don't know. It might be a big deal, but the last six Wimbledons were won by six different women, so I don't know. I don't know what it means. Danilo Gallinari agreed to a two-year contract with the Celtics. Is that significant? Rebecca, I still didn't get it right. Brogdon, I Good got job, that right. Rebecca. And Gallinari, they make the Celtics better, Tone. They may be the deepest team in the East. Yes, significant. 
Wayne Rooney's going to reportedly be the next manager right here at D.C. United. Is he a good fit? Yeah, he played here for a year or two. And is his hair still working, that new hair? Last one, Mets and Braves tonight. Max Scherzer against Max Fried. Who's your Max? The Maxes aren't going to get the decision. Neither one is going to get a decision. And so I got the Braves closing further in on the Mets. Your Mets. Just saying. We're out of time. We'll try and do better the next time. Bud and Scott and Mike, shout out. Rebiken it. Say it with me 500 times. Okay, maybe twice. Rebiken it. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. You can get the podcast on the app or Apple Podcasts. And now, your sports center. Elena Rebikina. Rebikina. Yeah. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.